Hello and welcome to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I've got Raf joining me. I know in the in the description of the episode it says Kyle, but he got called into work. So Raf, thank you again for for stepping in and, and saving the day, so I don't have to ramble on by myself. And it's good to see you again. Thanks for coming on. Good to see you too. So <clears throat> obviously, when Raf comes on, we talk a lot about the the 49ers because that's his favorite team. Uh, so we'll we'll talk a lot about that. We'll talk about my Raiders later on, uh, especially with the move of moving on from Derek Carr. Uh, but first, I wanted to touch on a, a game that is near and dear to my heart, and that's taking place tomorrow, and that is the Wyoming Cowboys face the University of of Ohio in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Uh, that game's kicking off at 2.30 tomorrow, which sucks because I'll be working, but I'll have my eye on it over in the corner. Um, Raph, I know you have some affinity to Wyoming just from living there for a year, but uh, well, are, are you going to pay attention to this game or no? Yeah, I'll... I'll watch like Wyoming was the first place I lived in the States and then it was Montana and Georgia and then back to Wyoming, but where I met Kyle. But yeah. So um, yeah, I I'm definitely excited for this one. It, it's kind of curious like what to expect in this game because university of Ohio, their starting quarterbacks not playing in this game. And then, obviously, we know the entire running back room is now gone from the University of Wyoming, including, I think, their top two wide receiver options. Um, so it it went from, I think, I think Ohio was favored by like eight when the, when the line originally came out, and now it's even because no one knows what to expect from it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, and Craig Bull's not tipping his hand on who's going to be the starting running back, so... Whoever it is, it's going to be their first carry of the season. So it, it's definitely going to be interesting. And that's all they do is run the football. So um, I'll be tuned in, obviously. But like I said, don't know what to expect. Even the guys that write for the team don't know what to expect. So should be uh, a surprise. And it is going to be interesting because it's not televised on a traditional TV station. It's just going to be on the Barstool app. So I know... My dad's probably going to be hitting me up at some point tomorrow trying to figure out how to watch the game. <laughs> so preemptively, if if you guys are looking to tune into the Wyoming Cowboys and Ohio game, you need the Barstool TV app or the Barstool app on on your iPhone, iPad, phone, whatever, of, of whatever type you have. So with that being said... Uh, <laughs> do you want to jump into the, the Raiders stuff right away or... Yeah, yeah, what let's do you think? Start with the Raiders. Okay, so the Raiders are obviously a giant shit show. Have been since I've been watching them. Um, Thirty years of dedication to commitment to excellence, but not really. Uh, <laughs> so, with with the move that they made of of moving on from Derek Carr, uh, I I put out a pretty lengthy article on. I wrote it Tuesday night, and then. Uh, scheduled it to go out on Wednesday morning. Um, this was hours before they announced the move that they were going to move on from Derek Carr. But in that article, I, I kind of suggested what they should do going forward. And <clears throat> I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall in terms of Derek Carr. He He's not performed well this season. Uh, and I don't want to use him as a scapegoat because I feel like Josh McDaniels has done him no favors 
defense hasn't been great. Uh, they've been playing a little bit better in the in the last couple weeks, but uh, so I'm not absolving Josh McDaniels of any fault at all. Uh, but the way that Derek Carr has played this season, I mean, especially in that Steelers game, I mean, he had guys wide open all all day and could not hit them. So I, I kind of saw that this was probably going to come just because he had the the clause in his contract where if he becomes injured during the season, all of next year's salary is guaranteed, and then seven point five million of the the following season in twenty twenty four was guaranteed. So I kind of saw this move coming just because they didn't want to be locked in if they're planning on moving on from him obviously they don't want to have that dead cap hit of of the guaranteed contract so what's going to work out in in Carr's favor with them making this move is obviously he won't be injured um, and he has a clause in the contract that also guarantees that money if they have not made a decision on him by February 15th I think which is, I think, three days after the Super Bowl. So um, he should have some resolution to what he's going to do. And, and there's been a lot of rumors floating around that maybe he just calls it a career. Uh, he's obviously made quite a bit of money in his career, and he's financially stable. He's mentioned to beat reporters before that he may become a preacher <laughs> because he's a very religious man. So I don't know if that's his plan or if he will accept a trade. He does have a no-trade clause, so that further complicates things. But uh, what did you think about the whole Derek Carr thing? I know you're outside looking in, but your your thoughts on him? Um. Well, I will say that I read your article, and then 30 minutes later, or maybe less, the ESPN notification showed up, But which I thought was pretty good. Um, I, I mean, I don't really watch um, like any of his press conferences, so I don't really know that much about his attitude. Um, I I feel like he, I I, I want to say he's probably going to stay in though, like he's probably going to join the little quarterback carousel. Yep. Um, you know, just because there's there's going to be a lot of movement, like. Like I, you talked about the last two weeks a little bit, you know, like the Jets, um, 49ers most likely will get rid of Garoppolo unless yep. he's healthy and Purdy gets hurt. And if Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl, then, you know, then that uh, kind of throws a mix in things. But I digress. Um, I, I feel like Carr might still have something to prove. He's not been – and beat up too bad you know like i don't think he'll pull like an andrew luck or anything yeah um two of might but uh yeah that's that's going to be an interesting thing i mean he's had so many concussions this year that i mean you you hate to see him just keep running out there and keep getting them ultimately it's his life his his decision what he's going to do but at some point when you just keep getting concussions every time you get hit it, it's not good for your long-term health. So he could, I mean, he could definitely retire after this season and obviously that would be early, but they could be a team that no one thinks needs a new quarterback, but might be looking at in the off season. So. And I, I feel like there's plenty of teams out there that might offer car money or 
just a decent team where he can, you know, make the playoffs. He yeah. might lose that. So there's either playoff potential or money. I I feel like he can get either still. Well, I mean, he's already under contract, so if if they're gonna trade for him, obviously, like I said, he's got the no no trade clause, so he's gonna have to approve it. Um, so I think that's gonna limit some of the options. Like I don't think he'll want to go to Indianapolis, even though they play in a dome. Uh, he's that's definitely a, a rebuilds sort of situation. I don't think we'll see him go to the Texans, especially after his brother had his experience in Houston. Um, but I mean, there's plenty of, of quarterback needy teams. You look at the entire NFC South. I mean, I think every one of those teams could use an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, assuming Tom Brady's done in Tampa Bay, which it's looking increasingly likely that that, that could be the case. So uh, every single NFC South team's likely going to be looking for a quarterback. Then you have the AFC East. You already mentioned the Jets. Um, Patriots possibly could be looking for a new quarterback if they don't like Mac Jones, what they've seen from him. They do have Bailey Zappi, so he could be an option as well. But um, the Jets make a lot of sense to me, but they do play outside and they do play in a cold environment, and Derek Carr has absolutely struggled in his career in, in cold environments. So I think that's why the NFC South makes so much sense for me. And, I mean, really, you throw them on the Saints, I think that instantly makes them a better team. Uh, they already have a pretty decent defense, have some weapons on the offensive side of the football. Um, Carolina, another team that has a really good defense, has some weapons, doesn't have a quarterback. So ultimately, I think it's going to be who offers the the Raiders the most. If if he is going to continue playing the, the game of football, like I said, he could completely walk away. He's mentioned that several times, so. Um, I think he will be motivated to prove the Raiders wrong, so to speak, um, even though, you know, he's had nine years to prove them right <laughs> or make, you know, make his mark on, on the team. And ultimately, he's had a couple good seasons, but this season is by far his worst since his rookie season. And that's not something you want to see from a nine-year veteran that should be in the prime of his career. So I think he's definitely lowered his value by by his play this year. But I still think he's probably worth a second and a third or potentially even a first if a team's desperate enough. So, uh, But moving on from the, the whole where Derek Carr ends up. So I've been asked several times, well, what do you do after that? That's also included in my article. And anyone that likes the Raiders, I, I feel like you should just read that article and, and you can have my full thoughts on it. But I'll break it down at least a I put in the article four options that I think make sense for the Raiders um, and, and ranking them one to four. I had Tom Brady at number one. Obviously you're, you're not going to expect him to play until he's 50 like Ray guy did, or I'm trying to think who the other one was George Blanda. He played till he was 50. Um, but I don't see, I don't see, Brady playing more than probably two more years. And I still think he's effective. Um, I think a lot of the things that are going on with the Tampa Bay team are because of the change in head coach. Um, so I, I still think he's effective. Obviously he knows Josh McDaniel's system. He played in it for what, 13 years, something like that before he moved on from, from the Patriots. 
So <clears throat> I think that would make a ton of sense. Obviously, if you bring Tom Brady in, it doesn't cost you any assets in, in terms of draft capital or anything like that. So that's not going to stop you from drafting a quarterback. Uh, and every one of these scenarios, I said, one through four, you're probably still going to end up drafting a quarterback except number two. So your thoughts on Tom Brady, do you think he's washed at this point or do you think it makes sense for, for the Raiders to bring him in? Um, I mean, if uh, that one article about, you know, that, oh, you're sticking with that, you know, yeah. <laughs> if, if that's true, then, um, then I, I, I could see that being good. And, you know, you've got, as long as, you know, Renfro, you know, stays healthy and Adams sticks around and, um, and then Jacob. So it, it looks appealing to Brady. Yep. And, and like you said, he's got the familiarity with McDaniels. So the, the system could work for him. Um, I'm not sure about your offensive line or how well, are that's, they? That's definitely one thing that I put in there has to be addressed no matter who they go with. Uh, but the, the main reason I, I have Tom Brady as my number one option is because he's never commanded a top salary, so he's not going to try to break the bank, and, and that allows you to build a team around him. So that would allow us to address the offensive line, potentially. Um, and then, like I said, it doesn't preclude you from drafting a quarterback because he knows, you know, I'm probably not going to be here another five years, so it's it's probably time to, to start looking at plans after me. But I also think, like you said, Renfro is his prototypical white guy, quick slot receiver that he just throws to every single time. Uh, Gronk has stated that he's getting pretty bored being retired, so maybe him and uh, Brady could come to Las Vegas like Dana White alluded to. He had lined up in in the article you were referencing. Um, So I, I think that makes all the sense in the world just because it's going to allow you to team build. Plus everyone in the league still wants to play with Tom Brady because he's the goat, you know? So you can get a lot of those veteran players that want to chase a, a Super Bowl ring on team friendly one year deals that go year to year, just so they can try to play with Tom Brady and, and try to win that Super Bowl. So I, I think, and Tom Brady, like I said, I know he's aged, um, but he still has a, a, a really good, long, deep ball. I mean, he's still got plenty of zip on his on his fastball, so I don't think the skills have diminished. I think a lot of the, the issues this year have been with, you know, change at the, at the head coach position. Um, I don't think him and Byron Lefwich get along too well by the looks of it. And then, obviously, he's going through a, a pretty nasty divorce right now. So you would think his thoughts are probably not with the team at all all points um, of this season. So I think he just makes so much sense. But I will give a couple quick insights to the other options I had on the table. And uh, number two, I had Mac Jones, which obviously you have to trade for him. But I don't think at this point with his antics and how he's acting with the Patriots which I don't fully blame on him because, I mean, they have a defensive coordinator calling plays for him. <laughs> so probably not the best setup, especially when he was, you know, looking pretty good in McDaniel's system last year. But I, like you said, I think it'd probably be maybe a third-round pick 
to to get him from the Patriots at this point. Uh, and I don't think he's, you know, better than Derek Carr, but I don't think he's too much of a drop-off, and he's on, still on a rookie deal, which if you look at the last – if you go back 30 – or the last 20 years, almost every single Super Bowl-winning team has had a – uh, quarterback on a rookie deal. I mean, that's the, or you, you have Tom Brady taking well under um, market value. So I think the only, there was a couple like Peyton, Peyton Manning, he was making top dollar in Denver, but they essentially had already had a team built up. They were just a quarterback away. So if, if you have all that defensive talent around you, obviously you're going to have a decent chance. So um, Mac Jones, he would be my number two, and he's the only one where I think maybe you don't have to draft a quarterback in, in the higher rounds uh, just because he's shown some promise. Obviously, he's taken a, ba- a step back this year, but like I said, when you have a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator putting together your offensive game plan, you're probably going to have a step back anyway. So uh, Mac Jones would be my number two, and then three and four I just had – two other quarterbacks with familiarity to Josh McDaniel's system. And that is Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you said, I think Jimmy G is probably gone from San Francisco. I doubt he sees the field again. I know he got his uh, cast off today. I think I saw in the news. I did not see that, but (laughs) well, yeah, I saw he got his cast off or walking boot, whatever he was in. Uh, so he's progressing well, but I don't know how you make the move to switch from Brock if he gets you, you know, deep into the playoffs. Then say, oh, Jimmy G, with all this rust, let's put you in. But yeah, that would only happen if Brock got hurt. So yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. But the reason I put Jacoby Brissett above um, Jimmy G is just because of availability and. Jimmy G is probably still going to cost somewhat close to what Derek Carr is commanding on the open market. So, and and he's a little fragile. So yeah, exactly. He's he's hurt half the games he plays in, and um, like I said, he's not going to save you any real money from moving on from Derek Carr. So I don't feel like he's a major upgrade. I think he's one. Because of the system, I mean, I don't want to say he's not a good quarterback because obviously he's won everywhere he's gone. But at the same time, I don't think he's elevating your team. As you can see, a, a rookie took over and is winning just like he was. So so anyway, those were my options. And then obviously, like you mentioned, got to upgrade the offensive line no matter who they decide to bring in. Got to upgrade the defense. Uh, I did read an article today that basically stated Carr was like 12th out of 92 qualifying quarterbacks in the team letting him down essentially by not putting a good defense on the other side of the football. So I don't want to fault cart or fault car for all of this, but at the same time, he's, he's not part of the solution going forward. So that's why I'm ready for them to move on from him. So with all of that said, we can, we can move on from, the Raiders and we'll talk more about them because we are playing you guys in this upcoming week. And I don't think it's going to be a pretty game, but um, let's, let's just move on to uh, some other news and notes from around the league. And I'm sure you saw that uh, Nathaniel Hackett got fired in Denver. 
Yeah. So what do you, what do you think happens there and, and what's your overall assessment of that job? And, and do you think it's desirable? I mean, yeah. Well, with the desirability part of it, like other than last week where they got blown out, I mean, their defense is there. So I, I saw another post, like it was, I saw it a few weeks too late, but if they had like their first nine games, if they had just scored 18 points every game, they would have been eight yep. and one. Those, yep. but so, you know, the defense, it's good to go there. So it's not like there's too much work there. And they got Judy's pretty good. And then they, they brought Fant right from Seattle. He's a good tight end. No, they traded Fant to oh, Seattle. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait, who'd they bring? They have that uh, Dulcich. He's been pretty good at tight end. Uh, they have Cortland Sutton at wide receiver. They have Tim Patrick. So they've got a pretty good wide receiver core, but they're always hurt. So that's the tough part. Um, tight end too, but... Like I don't know. I The only tight end I've seen playing for them lately is that Dulcich kid. Him and Russ seem to have a pretty good connection. That seems to be his only guy he's feeling good about. I mean, he's the only one he's consistently going to. So I don't know, man. I just feel like, yes, the defense is good. but And the reason they moved on from Hackett is because the team obviously quit on him. Um, that game against the Rams on Christmas was very ugly. And, yeah, I don't think you can defend that. I honestly thought they would have moved on from him after he lost to the Raiders the second time especially with the Raiders struggling as bad as they had been. So I think it's probably overdue. Uh, but yeah, no, I, for me, this is probably the least desirable opening because of who they have at quarterback. Um, he looks like he's two steps slower than he used to be and struggling to read defenses. Arm doesn't look as good. So with you, I mean, we've talked about it before. I don't understand how, though, because, you know, he always had the Niners number. Like, that's, that's you know, every game I watch, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to go against Russ. Yeah. But I don't I don't know what happened. Maybe, maybe he just doesn't have enough oxygen up there. <laughs> like, he definitely seems to be lacking some oxygen to the brain when he talks. So, um, he... I think the signs were there that he was on the decline. I mean, if you look at his last two seasons in Seattle, they were not good. And obviously you can blame it on the talent around him, but look what Geno Smith has done with essentially the same team. I mean, obviously they got the the rookie Kenneth Walker, but outside of him, the, the weapons on the offense are pretty much the same season to season. Everyone was predicting them to be second or last team in the entire league, and they're pretty respectable in that division. So... I don't know, man. It's it's puzzling, but the fact that he has 107 million dead salary cap hit if they were to cut him, and that only goes down, I think, 40 million per season for the next three seasons, if I remember right. Like you're stuck with him for at least one season, but probably two, if you want to put a team around around him. So that's why it for me, it's probably the least desirable team in in the league to to coach for even more so than Indianapolis because Indianapolis at least has the 
the uh, salary cap flexibility where Denver is not going to have that. So, um, and there's been, obviously we have, we're going to talk about Sean Payton, but everyone was saying that Sean Payton's going to go to Denver. I just can't see him wanting that job, especially with, he wants Vic Fangio and I can't imagine the Broncos would be ready to bring him back on. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that would throw kind of wrenches in that, but, like, I don't know. I gotta wonder who's eyeballing. So he's got to have something in his mind where he wants John to go. Payton? Yeah, I think he's just waiting for Dallas to have their inevitable first round playoff exit after the whole Weedam boys all season. <laughs> because if they don't advance into the playoffs. I don't think Jerry Jones is going to stick with Mike McCarthy. Um, And Sean Payton's always been his favorite. He's from that area. So I think that would probably be his preferred landing spot. But obviously there's only 32 coaching positions and he's still technically under New Orleans control. And Dennis Allen hasn't been doing so hot this year in New Orleans. So there is the possibility he just comes back and coaches the the Saints, but I don't know, man. It's it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up, especially if he takes Vic Fangio with him because Sean Payton's probably one of the top five offensive minds in the NFL, and Vic Fangio's probably number one defensive mind in NFL. I mean, all of the successful defenses you see are modeled after what Vic Fangio did as a defensive coordinator in where did he, where was he last obviously he had denver but before that he was with was it st louis or not st louis it would have been the rams i think chicago chicago it was chicago no it was chicago and then all of the like the brandon staley's that run a successful defense i mean he is from that vic fangio tree there's plenty more of examples but I think that would be a all-star pairing to have at, at the top of your organization. So, well, I mean, the way the Cowboys game is going right now, you know, with the Derrick Henry-less uh, Titans, and I think it was twenty-four thirteen. I saw. So That's, they should have been blown the water. Yeah, I think the spread went to fourteen when they announced that Derrick Henry wasn't going to play in that and it was 10 to six at half, but that's the last, the last score I saw. Um, yeah, it's 27, 13 right now. So seven, Oh, they must've just kicked a field goal. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, ha- I would say more than half of the Titans starting offense and starting defense is sitting this game out either on the IR or just on the sidelines. They're preparing for their matchup next week against the Jags for the playoff uh, position in the AFC South. But I don't know, man, it's going to be interesting how that division turns out. And yeah, I don't, I don't think the Titans will be in the playoffs. (laughs) I, I don't think so either, especially with, I mean, Joshua Dobbs, he looks like he's, 
better than Malik Willis. Obviously, Malik was a long-term project, not supposed to be flung into action. They put Ryan Tannehill on the injured reserve today. So it's going to be Dobbs in the in the matchup against the Jaguars. So, yeah, I don't have a good feeling. I mean, obviously, if they do their thing with Derrick Henry and he runs for 200 yards, maybe they'll get in. But And their defense is good. I didn't but see the Jags are just playing so well. I didn't see What'd why Henry, I didn't see why Henry was out today. Uh, he's been struggling with a knee, I think. But yeah, essentially, I think it's a this game doesn't mean anything. Next week does, so let's get you as healthy as you can be, so we have the best chance to win next week. So, got it. <laughs> yep. So, Sean Payton, you don't really have a, a landing spot that you see for him. No, I. I mean. I didn't really consider the Cowboys moving on. Um, I think it's a, a for for sure thing if they don't go deep into the playoffs because Jerry Jones is not a patient man. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't see them going far because they're like, I mean, barely beat the Eagles without Jalen Hurts, and yep. they're. I don't. Dak had a fumble and two interceptions in the first half this game. So yeah, he's looked pretty rough since coming. Well, I mean, he had a couple of good games, but he's definitely been turning the ball over a lot more than they want him to mention that. Like um, he has just as many interceptions. I think they said as Carr, and played like three less games than yep. Carr. So yeah, yeah, I mean, Carr is, I love the guy. I really do as a person, but. He has not played well this season, and if if you're putting up similar numbers to him and playing less games, that's not a good thing. So, so I, I think it, another pairing that probably makes a lot of sense for Sean Payton is Arizona. I think they've all but put or pushed Cliff Kingsbury out the door. Um, I think that announcement will probably come. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it'll come on Black Monday at the end of the season. Um, I think that's another spot that probably could make some sense. But the problem with Peyton is, like we like we mentioned, he is under contract still with uh, the, the Saints. Saints. So if, if someone wants to hire him as head coach, they're going to have to give up something to get him uh, from the Saints. Sometimes it's just money, like, the example we have of uh, John Gruden getting bought from the Raiders to go to the Buccaneers and beat them in the Super Bowl. I think the the price was like $10 million, and I think they gave us a draft pick, if I remember right. So Sean Payton, I mean, like I said, I, I think he's one of the top offensive minds in the entire NFL, and Vic Fangio, if you pair him with that, that's going to be a, a pretty good setup going forward. So only problem is you have a – four foot tall quarterback in Arizona. So who knows if he wants to <laughs> take and, on that, but I mean, and like you were kind of talking about Mac and Zach Wilson, like last week, I think, and their attitude. And from what I've seen, like Kyler doesn't have that good of an attitude either. So no, I don't know who wants to coach that. So, yeah, but I mean, you always see these coaches that think they can turn things around. They have the, ultimate optimism in themselves so um okay so 
you guys are obviously playing very well. I think you've won what seven in a row. Uh, seven or eight. Yeah, it might even be eight now. Yeah, you're right. Um, how are you feeling about the the playoff run coming up? Um, well, because I like it seems like the Raiders are throwing it in, putting you know Stidham in there. So, and then we also are playing the Cardinals with the last game. There, Kyler's out. Um, Race McSorley is their quarterback now. I think so. I, yeah, because I think McCoy is hurt too, or something. But yep. Um. So, I mean, it'll give a chance for Shanahan to you know try some trick stuff, develop Purdy a little bit more, but there's not a real test, which I feel like he needs to be tested before the playoffs. He needs yeah. to be brought down to earth. I mean, the Vikings, I've probably going to win out. I mean, they could lose I to the Packers. So. Yeah. I think they're going to lose the Packers. And then, you know, bears last game. Um, but I, so if, if they lose to the Packers, but they beat the bears, and we still have the same record. And I don't know who has the tiebreaker. You guys that. haven't played, so I don't know. There obviously wouldn't be the head-to-head tiebreaker. And then I think it goes by um, strength of schedule if if you guys haven't played head-to-head. So I'm just looking at their schedule, and I don't see very many good teams other than I mean, Bills. Yeah, Bills and Eagles, which they I guess lost. Commanders are on there ish. Dolphins have a decent record, but I mean they've played. And then yeah, the Eagles and then Packers. I think you guys probably have the more difficult schedule, if I were to guess. So I, I think you guys still have everything to play for. Um, I don't think you're going to catch the Eagles. Oh, definitely, definitely not. I don't I can't see us. Uh, you guys would have to win out, and they would have to lose out. So I don't think they're going to do that. No, like the the Eagles, I yeah, I guess it depends if Jalen Hurts comes back. But he was um, practicing today, so I think it's probably trending that direction. But yeah, so I mean, Minshew's good enough to beat the Saints, and then you know the Eagles finish the season with the Giants and. Hertz should be back by then, so they'll beat the Giants. So, um, where were we at? <laughs> um, our chances. Just, yep, talking about your your chances in the playoffs. Purdy needs to be tested, which isn't going to happen with the last two games. Um, I don't think. Um, but other than you know, going to face the Eagles in Philly. Like, we should do okay. Like, you know, if the Bucks make it in after – if they beat the Panthers, they'll make it in. Um, the Vikings barely win their games. You know, home on the road doesn't matter. Um, and then they'll That's be going the most to- baffling record to me. 12-3 and three with a pot uh, – or uh, what is it? Point differential of positive five. Yeah, it's you know that's insane. Always playing from behind, so um, I I feel like they're. I mean, the Vikings are going to get a home game, but I feel like they're going to lose. 
So whoever it is, unless it'll be like, interesting. I'm I'm excited to see how the <laughs> NFC ends up because I think that Panthers Bucks game is going to be a really good one, and I I picked the the Bucks to win that division, but the way that they look and the way that the Panthers have looked, I mean the Panthers have been hit and miss all season. But the last couple games they've played in, they've ran the ball really well and they've stopped the run. And Buccaneers do not have a rushing game at all. I mean, Fournette will break one off every once in a while, but he's playing banged up. So I feel like it's going to be Panthers out of the South. And then I still feel like the Packers are going to find a way to sneak in, which is crazy. But I I feel like they're going to win their last two and just squeak in. I mean, I think they have to beat, let's see, Commanders have a half-game lead over them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I still think the Giants are going to get in too, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to see the Lions in. I would too, but they played so bad against uh, Carolina. They got absolutely stomped. Yeah, and then, I mean, they could beat the Bears next week. But then they, you know, finish season with the Packers. So yeah, that that might be it. You know, Lions and Packers. Whoever wins gets in. That could yeah. be. That might be a matchup there. Um, but I mean, Lions. I can... Lions scare me as a team for the 49ers to play more than the Vikings. For sure, I <laughs> I've been saying this all year, and it's pissing me off because. I pick against the Vikings all the time and they should lose so many games, but they're they've won 12. So I'm probably like less than 500 at picking the Vikings this year, where if I would have just picked them every time I'd have 12 wins. And speaking of pick them, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit in just, in just a few minutes. So you can do your gloating, <laughs> but no, I, I really feel like you guys are the, the team to beat going into the playoffs, assuming Brock Purdy can keep up. His play, uh, Shanahan always scares me because he's just like McDaniel's, and when he gets a lead, he tends to take the foot off the pedal or tries to go absolute other side of that and just keep throwing the ball. When if you just ran out the clock, I mean, it seems like he has not great situational awareness when it comes to that, and it seems to get amplified in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, that's what I think about when you were talking about that last week. I think or the week before about McDaniels with blown leads and stuff. I'm like, Hey, take the light off of Shanahan for blowing leads. So, Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing that scares me is, but I mean, I felt like you guys were good and then you added Christian McCaffrey and if he can stay healthy, I feel like he's probably the, the secret sauce there to get you guys over the hump. Um, because he's just been phenomenal. I mean, in the passing game, he's thrown a couple touchdowns, right? <laughs> thrown and then caught a couple, had a ton yeah. in the rushing game. So, especially if we get Debo back soon, yeah. then he was practicing too. So, it takes the pressure off of McCaffrey. We don't have to overuse him. So, yep. And I feel like McCaffrey's probably not going to get that many snaps the next two games. Yeah. No need to. Mitchell should be coming back soon too. And then hopefully Mason's fine. And so, 
Yeah, I think you guys could probably rest your starters and still win by 30 against the Raiders because Do you think McDaniels is gonna try some some new stuff with Stidham? No. no. Well, that's the thing is at this point he's kind of he's had the excuse of, you know, cars learning the the system as fast as he can, so you know, that kind of limits us. He's got no excuse with Stidham because Stidham's been in his offense since he came into the league so that's where I'm like I feel like McDaniels is going to try to get him to play out of his mind but I don't think he's a great quarterback and I think a lot of the guys that are in the locker room that respect Derek Carr are probably not going to give their best effort I mean ultimately the guys need to play if they want to uh, stick around in the league because even if they don't want to stick with the Raiders I mean they're auditioning for 31 other teams to, to keep their job in the, in the NFL. So I don't want to say they're just going to straight up quit, but I feel like if you guys get up by a couple touchdowns, it's going to be going into coast mode at that point. And I don't think it's going to take you very long to get up a couple touchdowns. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Purdy has a, a pretty good arm and some of our, you know, second, third string receivers, they've, they've been showing up a little bit. So. Ayuk's been having a pretty good year. Yeah, yeah, his and like Quan Jennings and you know McLeod and you know so there's there's still some some good guys there for him. Well, to and if you guys take care of Brock Purdy and he is what he looks like through his first what four games, three games, whatever it's been. Yeah, like technically, well, starting three, but he. They should just give him credit for Miami. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the ultimate setup, though. Like, he's a seventh round draft pick. So his salary is like, what, probably 900000 for the first four seasons. So if you can get that guy and he can be the dude to just, even if he's not, you know, the next Tom Brady or whatever, if he's just making the plays that are in front of him and not turning the ball over. I mean, you guys can build such a team around that. You already have the number one defense, so think of the weapons you can add around the rest of the team, like offensive line, defensive line, whatever you guys might need. Pay some of your linebackers that are coming up in free agency, all that. Pay some people. Yeah, you got to pay some people for sure. But that allows you to do it if you have a rookie quarterback on that, you know, his rookie contract, so. That would be pretty amazing. I think you guys are set up to, like I said, assuming he is the guy that he looks like, I think you guys are set up to have a a pretty decent run over the next three, four seasons until you have to pay for him. Um, And then, you know, keep Lance as a backup or something. Well, and that's the thing is he's making a lot of money because he was, what, the fourth overall pick? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Something like that. So he's making a lot of money. So I almost wonder if they move on from him, if they think Purdy's the guy. Well, I mean, that's, he doesn't have, like, Lance doesn't have a lot of games from college under his belt. So, and then he also just got hurt. So as far as like getting a good trade for him or something, that's, I feel like it's going to be a little harder. Oh, for sure. It'll it'll be hard, but I think there's going to be someone that, I mean, he went in the first round for a reason. 
if if you guys don't need him, you don't want to just keep him on the bench and he's making nine times what your starter's making. <laughs> so I feel like it makes sense to move on if you think Purdy's the guy. You don't want to just pay someone to back him up, essentially. So because you can get, you know, uh, Jacoby Brissett or something, pay them backup money and have a, a decent option in case Purdy gets hurt. But I guess we'll see. Like I said, I don't want to crown him after th- – three plus games. Yeah, it's a little early still. But it's looking pretty good through those games so far. All right, let's see. And who do you have? So I guess I'm just going to ask, who do you have in the Super Bowl based on how it looks right now? So AFC, I would just say Buffalo. Like, I mean, Casey, they, like, they still score points but they also allow a lot of points. I I want to say they're like in the bottom 10 for points allowed or something. Yeah, their defense is not good. So, like, and they'll get outgunned by, like, you know, they, they just lost to Cincinnati like a week or two ago, Um, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was two weeks ago, three weeks. Yeah, you're right, somewhere in there. Yeah, so Buffalo's got, like, the second – least amount of points allowed, you know, per game, you yep. know, 49ers are first. Um, gotta so gotta I, add I, that I, in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think uh, Buffalo is going to hold out. I mean, I feel like Cincinnati might be Buffalo's biggest challenge if they, they meet up just because they just, Cincinnati just seems to pull things out of nowhere sometimes. Like they yeah. don't, they don't have a lot, but they, they do a lot with it. So they're a little worrisome, but like the rest of the, the AFC, like they're all tripping over their own feet, you know, like they're supposed to win, but then they lose and stuff. So. Yeah. I mean, I def I'm cheering for the bills for sure. Um, a lot of the teams that are in the AFC don't scare me at this point just due to injuries or, or whatever. I mean, you got the Dolphins. They've fallen off so hard. I think they're 0-4 yeah. in December. Um, for the game and stuff. So. Yeah, two hasn't been playing well, and then you got the concussion injuries and all that. And then Ravens, I mean, they're 10-5, and but they've looked pretty bad. I mean, especially with uh, I'm not Lamar sure out. if Lamar is going to play this week either he hasn't practiced at all this week so it's trending for no i mean they're already in the playoffs so they don't necessarily need to get him in there but if if they're gonna run huntley out there for a playoff game i mean i've got no confidence in them winning that patriots have fallen off steelers (laughs) shouldn't have beaten the raiders (laughs) And then you got Jaguars. They're the they're the dark horse for me. I mean, especially the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they are trending up. So, like, yeah, probably Jags over Ravens or Chargers. So, I mean, they're going to have trouble against Bengals, Chiefs, or Bills. But yeah, those three are definitely the the top of the class in the AFC. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I think. The Chiefs can beat anyone because of that offense, but the defense has been so suspect that it wouldn't surprise me to see the Bills kind of shut them down on, well, not shut them down, but slow them down at least on the offensive side. And then 
I mean, you've got Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. Singletary's running the hell out of the ball right now. Josh Allen's always running the ball. And then they brought in Naheem Himes. He's been having some good games lately as well. So it seems the Bills are definitely winning at the right time. Uh, You've seen them the last couple years. They've won at the front half. And then obviously the Kansas City AFC Championship game. Oh, no, that was an AFC Championship. That was divisional round. That was one of the best games we've ever seen. But hoping hoping the Bills can win it all this year. Obviously, we got Josh Allen. Uh, but, yeah, I think I have you guys representing the NFC. Just because Eagles have looked like the best team all, all season, but with the Jalen Hurts injury, like it's tough to get momentum going into the playoffs when, when you don't have your full team available, especially your signal callers. So. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have a – a decent defense. Um, but I feel like the 49ers can shut them down, especially if there's some lingering from the injury yeah. to her. So see how that yeah. plays out. I think the Eagles probably have the best defensive line, but I think you guys have the best overall defense with, with cornerback safety. Uh, you guys have linebackers coming out your ass and then defensive <laughs> lines pretty good too. So <laughs> Yeah, I have to keep an eye on the Eagles' offensive line. See how yeah, they I mean, Lane Johnson, he's going to miss, I think they said, the first two playoff games, if they make it that far. So he's a big part of their – and that's that's one thing. They've been healthy all year, and all the injuries are starting to happen right now. So that's why I'm like, you guys are playing very well. Obviously, you won eight in a row and not – having too many injuries so yeah i mean we we were hurt earlier in the season like that's why we got kind of blown out by the chiefs and stuff but now it's a completely different team so from that from that week so okay so i said we would mention the the pick'em standings and raf is very happy about this portion uh he's blown us all out of the water he's got a 10 game lead over me and i'm in second john kind of quit doing his picks halfway through the season so i didn't even include his but um kyle missed the week so braff is leading with 151 total wins and his win percentage is 63.45 we're just doing straight up pick them no we were trying to do the lines and all that but we were all putting our picks in at different times so the lines kept moving um so yeah just straight pick them 151 87 losses and then like i said he's got a 10 game lead on me i've got 141 wins 97 losses and a 59 percent 59.24 percent pick rate and then kyle is sitting at 122 wins and 87 losses for an 58.37 percentage so him missing that one week really hurt him because it's if you miss at the beginning it's not that big of a deal because you don't really know who teams are and it's a lot harder to pick then but later in the season if you miss a week you're missing out on probably 10 plus wins right there so yeah definitely Um, like percentage point or two yeah to boost you so Yeah, the only way I could even catch up at this point is if I just started picking, like looking at what you pick and then picking opposite and then everything breaks right. So I think we could probably just crown you at this point with a 4% uh, 
lead, but we'll see how it ends up. And then I did want to mention that the Square State Sandlot Fantasy Football League wrapped up last week. And in first place, your boy, Bill, took first. That's me. Um, everyone was talking because I I had a really good start. I think I started like 4-0 and and then started having injuries and all that. So I dipped, ended up 8-5, and kind of just backing into the playoffs. Um, <laughs> and then went on a pretty good run, so. I won that, and then in second place was Charles Atkinson, which is Kyle's brother-in-law, I think, pretty sure. And then Darren Cook, our, our buddy from Green River, he took third place. So I won't I won't mention where Raph ended up in that or Kyle. <laughs> we'll, we'll say bottom half for sure, but not last for not me. Not last. I, Kyle might have been ever ever since he had the. Ever since they they had their baby, he kind of quit paying attention to fantasy. So he was already pretty much out of it. So then he was like, "Ah, I'm not gonna pay that much attention." So yeah, can't blame you can him. Thank, you can thank old Jack for his finishing towards the bottom. <laughs> and then just a couple notes I had on the A's. Uh, <laughs> Haven't really signed anyone. Haven't they made one big trade and that was for Sean they traded Sean Murphy for a lot of prospects. But speaking of Sean Murphy, uh the Braves actually just paid him yesterday, gave him a nine year, seventy three million dollar contract. So it seems the winning formula is you wait till an ace player shows promise trade for them and pay them and give the A's a bunch of unproven prospects that probably aren't going to work out. And that's what the Braves have been doing the last couple of years. So they have uh, Matt Olson, now Sean Murphy, and it sounds like they may be signing Chad Pinder as well, a former A. So. Uh, as a Rays fan, you know, they, they do that too. So. Yeah. You guys aren't having a very good offseason from the looks of it. Um, I, it, it's hard for me to pay attention to all, all of that just because like I have so many teams I follow living in so many places. Yeah. Like I'm also a Rockies fan. I mean, they're not any better. So nope. it's still paying Arenado to not play for their team. Yeah. So just, cool. the Rockies just have a way of pushing out the good people. So, <laughs> making them not want to stay so yeah i, I feel mean, like i th- go ahead i was gonna say because like you're i think there's last week's conversation about uh what is that luxury tax and owners yep. just wanting to collect a paycheck and just do the bare minimum to stay in the league <laughs> that's what your and my owner <laughs> that's what they do um and I think you guys are probably in the same boat, uh, especially yeah, with the uh, Yankees doling out all that money. I think you guys are probably starting to trade away proven players for prospects and, and start the whole churn all over again. Unfortunately, as an A's fan, as a Rays fan, that's that's just part of the deal. They're, until they each get a new stadium, I don't see them investing a ton of money in their, in their payroll. Uh, so... They yeah, hope going to mention the stadium thing. Did have they announced something yet with you guys? Um, 
no, there's still the talk about Montreal or like because right now it's in St. Pete, which is across the bridge on a kind of like a small island. Um, and they're they're trying to get it moved to the Tampa side, so it's easier for people to get to the game because they don't have to cross the bridge. Yeah, with you know traffic bottlenecks and everything. Um, so it's it's just a lot of back and forth and kind of like the whole thing about who's paying for what. That's yep. a big deal. It's like, you know, the Rays don't want to dish out all the money. And then it's like the city of Tampa wants, they want all the revenue from it, but they don't want to help. So Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's been proven that rarely do, rarely does the public funds recoup what they give in these projects. And I mean, the billionaire owners don't really need the supplemented income. So it's, I I definitely get that it's frustrating for the fans, especially when they're talking about uprooting the team and and taking them to another country in your case. Um, My A's, I mean, they've talked about moving to Vegas, but the Raiders already took up all the public funds, so I don't think they're going to get any money from from the city of Las Vegas. So, I think at this point, the A's are probably going to stay in Oakland. Um, I, Howard Terminal. It seems like everything that I've heard about it makes all the sense in the world, but City of Oakland's not in a hurry to dedicate anything to anything. So, it's just been a frustrating chronicle, and that's like. Like I said, I don't think they're going to invest money into the into the team until they start or until they get that new stadium because that's a new revenue stream that they don't have currently. Although John Fisher is probably top five in wealth in the entire Major League Baseball, so I don't think he has a real excuse to not, other than he doesn't want to. So, yeah, that's when I've seen like those billion dollar lotteries and stuff is like i would buy my baseball team (laughs) you probably could for the rays because they don't have a stadium yeah so like i feel like baseball maybe i could buy a team with that money but you know gotta win that billion dollar lottery first that's the frustrating thing is john fisher our owner he bought the team for i think 180 million when he bought it i think probably 20-ish years ago. I can't remember when they sold it um, or when he purchased it. But because he's in Silicon Valley, I mean, the value of the team, even though he hasn't done anything with it, is in the two-plus billion range now. So I really wish he would just sell it and give it to, like, a Steve Cohen that wants to. I mean, Joe Lacob, the owner of the Warriors, tried to buy the A's before he bought the Warriors, and Bud Selig gave the nod to his buddy, John Fisher, and look at look at the parallel pass there. The Warriors went from the worst team in the NBA consistently to now they're at the top, especially in the value, and that's where the A's could be, but instead we sold to a tight wad that doesn't want to spend any money, so that's fun. Well, you know, hopefully people keep leaving the Valley and then, uh, you know, the value goes down and he sells. 
<laughs> that's the hope. But I think he's trying to just cash in on Howard Terminal and then sell it at the peak. Because once they get their new stadium, that's obviously going to be as valuable as they will get. So, anyway, we won't bore you guys to death with the, the baseball talk. Um, anything else you wanted to mention before we before we jump off? Um, no, I, I mean, I guess well, the coaching carousel is going to heat up, especially probably after Sunday. Yep. I feel like we'll probably see one or two firings after this Sunday and then, you know, some more after the following week. Yeah, it's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of turnover. Um, obviously the Colts have to at least go through a hiring process. I don't know that Jeff Saturday is necessarily the guy there. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, we already mentioned him. I really wish the Raiders would move on for Josh McDaniels, but that's not going to happen. So uh, there's plenty of teams that are going to be at least looking, exploring the options there. Uh, Texans, maybe. Uh, Broncos have already made that move. Like I said, Cowboys are probably going to make a move if they don't advance into the playoffs. And then you have the Bears, I think, they're pretty happy with what they have. I mean, this is his first season. He's obviously put together a plan for Justin Fields, so I think they're probably going to stand put. Uh, Dennis Allen may be out with the Saints. I think Steve Wilkes with the Panthers has done enough to secure that job full-time, but they'll at least have to do interviews. And then Rams aren't going to get rid of McVay, but he could explore the broadcast booth like he has in the previous off season. So yeah. Um, it's a lot of openings there. Potentially. See what, see what Baker Mayfield does. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the season. Yeah. Cause you, you mentioned Stafford, maybe not coming back, but he, he said he is, but I really think it depends on how his arm responds to the, whatever he's going to do in the off season. I feel like elbow surgery, if you commit to that, you're done for at least a season. I don't think he can give up a season and come back. So if he's going to try to play through it, that's one one thing. If if it's nothing major, I feel like he wouldn't have been on the IR at this point. So I don't know. I mean, that could be maybe he's forced to retire or maybe he has surgery and misses the entire season and Baker Mayfield's the, the in-place Till he gets back, I don't know. I mean, he's played well for them. I mean, he beat the Raiders with 24 hours notice, so. <laughs> yeah, it would have been funny if uh, Odell had stayed on the team. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> That's why he's not coming back. But... All right, well, I think that's all I had. Um, I did want to mention Pickums. We'll do this again next year, and we'd like to have more people participate. Raf obviously does it. Um, John, I don't know. I mean, he's new job where he's working night shifts, so it's like we don't even see him or talk to him at this point. So uh, he hasn't been doing his picks, and then um, – so that that brings us down to three. So any of you guys that would be interested in possibly doing pickums next year, we'd love to have you on. Uh, we basically just have one spreadsheet where we manage them all for ourselves. You put in your picks each week. Uh, if you aren't able to make your picks, we just put them as no picks for that week, and they don't factor into your wins or losses. But 
it's something fun we do and usually we feature it a little bit more but where everyone has been missing and whatnot i haven't felt like necessarily putting out the the picks for each week but probably do that a little bit more next year um and then if you guys have any ideas for you know content if you if you want to come on and and talk with us if you want to get in the chat um we always read those comments maybe not on the stream but usually on the stream love to see them in there and then if you guys have some ideas for content we can do in the off season of the nfl when you don't have news every day to talk about uh, we'll probably slow it down maybe to once every other week or something like that but anytime you guys want to get involved we'd, we'd love to see it so Raph, thank you again for coming on. Appreciate you jumping in at short, on short notice with Kyle getting called into work. And we'll definitely have you on again soon. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we'll be talking about how good the 49ers are doing in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be talking about that. But thank you guys again for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next episode.